Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. Uh, this show is a show that is very dear to my heart, as you know. Um, it's a show where we get people from different countries, different cultures, different time zones, uh, and try to discuss the events of the past month or so, roughly. Um, today, it's going to be a... Hmm, not a different kind of, of show, but uh, there have been events in Paris that are going to color uh, the show, probably. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's, it's a show I'm, I was looking forward to and dreading at the same time, because uh, I don't know how it's going to go. But we will get to that. Before we do, however, I want to welcome uh, the brave souls uh, who have decided to come on this show from different time zones, as I was saying. And as I introduce them, uh, did I say my name is Patrick Beja? Did I say that? I think it's probably polite to introduce myself to you if you don't know who I am. Uh, so I'm Patrick Beja. I live in France. Um, and I am French also. And uh, as I introduce the other co-hosts who were kind enough to respond positively to my invitation to be on the show, I'm going to ask them to tell, to tell us, uh, me and the audience, a few words about themselves. Uh, some of them you've maybe heard about before uh, and some of them you haven't so it would probably be useful uh, to hear from them and as we often do um, tell us what time it is for them so just that you get a, a rough understanding of how much of the globe uh, this show is spanning and how kind uh, those people are being by uh, being on the show at the same time um, so for me Patrick Beja, I'm French, I live in Paris, and it is about 4 p.m. my time. Uh, second, let's introduce my good friend, Randy Jordan, uh, who hails from the U.S. How's it going, Randy? Going, going very well. I am in Orange County, California, where it is just past 7 a.m. my time. And that sultry voice, so Aww. attractive. I, I've good missed morning. having you on shows. <laughs> well... We'll, we're, we'll, we'll do it more. Let's, let's do that. Uh, third, another very good friend of mine from a completely different circle of friends, uh, Kerwin is coming to us from Australia. Yes. Hi, I'm Kerwin. I am in Sydney, which I have moved back to after a long, long time in London. Uh, yes. What else? What else? Where do, so I, you're from Australia, but you have a different uh, cultural heritage as well. Maybe we can just mention it very quickly. 
Sure. I am half Filipino and culturally probably more Filipino than I am uh, British and Irish, which are my other passports. So I'm, uh, I mentioned, <laughs> I'm encouraging you to mention it uh, so as yes. to not have the... Um, all rich white guys uh, stigma that is absolutely on on this show and on many others but as I was saying before we started the show at least we try to have different perspectives right um, we also right. have yes um, we also have coming to us from our good neighbor and friend Germany uh, Matthias who is here uh, well you're pretty much very close to home so to my home How's it going, Matthias? Yeah, hello. Not much of a stretch for me. Also, 4 p.m. And uh, I'm sitting in Bamberg in Germany. So I'm the closest to you, at hey, least on a that? geographic scale. <laughs> Kerwin where is, is asking where it is. You in? It's Bavaria. Although okay. everybody over here would disagree since it's Franken, Franconia. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Germany, I don't think, I can't remember, did you say what time zone you were in, Kerwin? Oh, I am in plus 11 right now because we're on daylight savings time. So it is 2.15 in the morning. So I that's... am speaking to you from tomorrow. <laughs> from the future, are people, as people like to say. And lastly, right. uh, another newcomer, as Matthias is, uh, Mahmoud is joining us from, oh, I already forgot, Dubai, was it? Mahmoud? Hello? Um, Mahmoud can't remember either. No, apparently he can't. Yeah, sorry, I had my mic muted. <laughs> sorry about that. that happens because I was sometimes. lighting up a cigarette and I didn't want it uh, to, to come across. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Mahmoud and uh, I live in Dubai, but I'm not from Dubai. I'm Jordanian. Excellent. And it's uh, 7 p.m. over here. All right. So from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m., really, uh, with... Yes. With, in the, in the middle, uh, myself, uh, Matthias, and Mahmoud. Um, so, yeah, really a special thanks to Matthias and Mahmoud who have accepted being on the show. And um, so hopefully we won't uh, get into terrible stereotyping of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Although you do have a lovely uh, Arab accent, Mahmoud. So, oh, thank you. There you go. Thank I you. That, that, that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone tells and, me I have a French I, I accent. I think with your French accent, you yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It equals out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, thank you for being on. Let's jump right, right into uh, the main topic, which is going to be the Charlie Hebdo attacks at the beginning of the month in Paris. Uh, so it was two and a half weeks ago. It feels like... So I guess the first thing I'm going to say... It feels like a lot longer. Um, as it was happening, uh, as you know, there was an attack on the satirical newspaper, Charlie Hebdo, um, and a, a large part of their editorial staff and um, uh, caricature um, artists, cartoonists, yes, uh, was killed by two... Um, French uh, Islamic extremists, uh, terrorists, uh, who just got into the building and started shooting everyone in the uh, editorial room. Um, they 
escaped. There was another attack on a police officer, um, and there, there, they, they, uh, sorry, by another person. This second attack, and the police uh, chased the first group uh, all the way to a, a town in the suburbs. And after a standoff of a few hours, uh, three days later, they ended up uh, uh, killing the terrorists. And uh, the second attack, the per perpetrator of the second attack, was um, uh, took hostages in a uh, Jewish uh, kosher deli and uh, executed uh, four people, I think, maybe even more, uh, and ended up dying when the police uh, intervened. So that was, yeah, about two weeks ago. And At that point, obviously in Paris, things were very intense. Um, the support for the freedom of the press was blinding. Um, and already it's it feels like ages ago. Already it feels like things have gone back to normal for everyday life and for political uh life things have gone into what do we do about it mode with not exploiting of the tragedy but certainly um quick reactions which as it should be i guess when when you have a tragedy like that it's traumatic for the country and you you have to be seen as acting um and you have to act even more than being seen as acting but uh, it already feels like i don't know it it was it's been It's happened a very long time ago. Um, so before we, we move on to the deeper questions uh, that, that this event pauses, uh, I'd like to ask each of you how uh, these three days and the very um, the, the, the few days after uh, were seen in your respective countries. And let's give the talking stick to Mahmoud first. Um, I think your opinion as a, a representative of the entirety of the Arab world well, and Islamic I world. Wouldn't, I wouldn't call my, myself a representative of all no, the Islamic obviously, world. Obviously, I'm, yeah, I'm joking, yeah, you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said, like, when you described these terrorists, uh, you called them French. That's, that's the first word that you said. Mm -hmm. And for most people here... Which is a very <clears throat> French way of describing anyone with a French passport. Yeah, yeah. Over here, like people, obviously it was received badly, and uh, but nobody here that actually called them French. Everybody was talking about them just being Muslims and of uh, North African descent or African descent, but nobody actually called them Muslims. Uh, as for the called them Muslims you know, how, how, or called them French. Sorry, uh, sorry, uh, French. Yeah, French. Okay, but uh, but but it wasn't. It wasn't like a big deal in the sense, uh, the, the way I, I received it I, during the standoff and the, the hostage taking, I watched it live on Sky News mm. uh, on my laptop. And I had it uh, after, you know, there's a long time in it. And so I had it in the background. And for me, it was very intense, but not for most people. Most people just read it uh, in an article or a news update or saw it just in a news bulletin. That's about it. And uh, the amount of discussion about it here in Dubai is, is, is very low. Uh, nobody really talked about it like you would imagine, like it's a, it's a big deal. Like people in France is, are calling it 
like the the 9/11 of of France of some sorts. It it certainly wasn't perceived here as that. It's just a normal or everyday terrorist attack for us. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. way of of putting it. It, um, it is. It is yeah. like when 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 you imagine like in my workplace, there's a lot of Syrians in my workplace, Jordanians, Palestinians, uh, a few locals. So the dominant issue that they talk about is what's happening in 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 Syria and in Palestine in in our region basically. And when something like that happens uh, overseas it's it's not really a big deal to talk about. So I'm I'm going to ask you a question that might seem mm. insulting uh and I apologize yeah. if it is but I no, think no, no, it's a it's, question it's on okay. a lot of people's minds. Uh was there uh denunciation of these actions indifference or approval? or none of this or was it just not a concern well no the the, the any act of, of senseless killing like this this is basically you know, i call it terrorism and they are terrorists and this is most people view it like this in normal conversations people that you know and meet and talk to uh, but on the internet on the comments on news websites and stuff that it's a bit different that's that's a whole another world Normal people, yeah, they, they see it as a terrorist act. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's not, so, not, nothing to be praised, you know. Mm, so to it's be not condemned. like you, you have rallies in the cafes and, and you know, no, shake no, your no. fists in the air and go like, no. yay, go, go terrorism. <laughs> no, I just wanted, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah so the, this, this, this image that, that most people have is, is, a, is a media image. Like mm-hmm. a few people, if some people uh, go out in a protest and they burn this flag or that flag, these are not normal people like living their normal lives. These are just people who are motivated by a certain group or leader. You know, and they go as they, these leaders order them to go. And they mm-hmm. get filmed, and this is what you see 24 hours. But normal people are just living their normal lives. Nobody goes out to protest or stuff like that. Um I want to. There are a couple of things I want to say about the way it went down in France uh, related to that, uh, which you made me think about. First of all, there were one of the main questions that was asked afterwards was, well, there were a lot of expressions of ambivalence or even support in French uh, schools. Uh, we observed a minute of silence uh, on on the next day, I believe, and there were a very small number of instances, uh, a, f- a few dozens to probably a few hundred uh, reported out of the 63,000 uh, establishments in the country where kids uh, didn't want to observe the minute of silence there were instances of people saying uh that they were uh you know the the mocking of the prophet justified this or at least saying well what did you expect you mocked the prophet um and there were as there was you know as you mentioned mahmoud in um on the internet obviously there were a lot of people who were uh doing what people on the internet do and yeah. calling it a a, a a holy act and things like that and uh, uh, encouraging them or cheering, I would say. Yeah, well, um, I, I was... Very, sorry to interrupt, but it was more shocking to me the comments on the internet uh, than the, the, what the actual 
you know, not to belittle the death of these people, but the, the amount of, 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 of trolling, if you will, or hatred that spreads around in these comments, mm-hmm. is, is it was astonishing to me. Like, I've been... Uh, was it hatred uh, or was it outrage it, and it anger? Is, it's no, no, the outrage I can understand, and it's it's normal. It doesn't come off uh, as hatred, but hatred and people supporting these terrorists and saying that yeah, every Muslim should have done that, and and uh, and they they uh, took the responsibility for us, and they should be praised like these kind of people. And on the internet, especially on 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 Twitter and on the Arabic uh, news websites, when 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 I read the comments, it was it it shocked me, and. Uh, I don't really follow the news. I don't. I don't have a TV. I I rarely check uh, news websites, international web, uh, news websites like Al Jazeera and stuff like that. But when but I did, occasionally uh, you watch things on your Sky laptop live. Uh, yeah, well, that that's it. It was a very special event, yeah. you know. Like uh, I had it for a few minutes, then I started playing a video game while it was on the uh, in the background. And when the, mm. the 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 kosher store thing happened, it. Again, I mean, this might sound yeah. uh, a bit uh, cruel, but it was it wasn't like a movie. It was for for mm-hmm. me, like watching it. There, you know, there was firefights, there was kidnapping, yeah. hostages, uh, developments. So it was a bit interesting, you know, yeah. not to belittle the death I, of these people. No, I have yeah, to but, say, it was a yeah. it was a very strange feeling for me as well. Uh, I've mentioned it in a couple of shows, in a couple of podcasts uh, elsewhere. It was very strange for me as well to be following all of this live on TV, on Twitter, everywhere, yeah. and at the same time. I was at home completely safe. There was, you know, it didn't have any direct impact on my life. I mean, my wife was was uh, out working in Paris and she had to take a plane on the day that the hostage crisis uh, took place. So I was a little bit concerned that things might happen, but she got to the air, uh, airport okay. And so I was also like, it lasted for the entire day. So after a couple of hours, I would take a break, play a video game, then I realized I couldn't, you know, I I didn't feel like I would keep playing. So I went back to it, but then it got too much. So it was a very strange feeling. Um, the, The other thing I wanted to say was there was two camps as it was happening. A lot of people were saying, well, the, 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 the Muslim community should denounce them. And a lot of people were saying, lay off. The Muslims don't have anything to do with that. They're, they're, it's a tiny portion of uh, fanatics, and you shouldn't demand uh, for Muslims to to denounce them. And I have to say, the, the reaction, I stand a little bit in the middle, because there is a feeling that... So the Muslim community in France denounced it very quickly. Um, there, There is the... the, um, the French, uh, the the governing body, if you will, of the Muslim community in France, which was set up a few years ago, uh, expressed itself very quickly. There were a number of of, uh, 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 religious leaders who expressed themselves very quickly. So, in my opinion, it felt, you know, it's like they're jumping around saying, the, the terrorists are saying, we represent the Muslims. And it I think it's fair for the, you know, the Muslim community to say, whoa, hey, uh, wait a second, no, you don't, and that's it. And once they've said it, it's settled. You've said what you, what, you, what you wanted to say, things are clear, and now we can, you know, move on, sort of. Um, does that feel 
fair to you, Mahmoud, or do you feel, uh, again, living in in the the Middle East, do you feel like it's unfair to to hold people to those standards in the same way that some people were were saying on Twitter, you know, well, I'm not being asked to apologize for the Crusades all the time. I think it's a different kind of thing. But do you feel that's that's unfair? Well, the Crusades happened a long time ago. Nobody is expecting an apology for the Crusades. <laughs> But <clears throat> what I think is important uh, for the Muslims, like it, it, what you said is, is for them to denounce it immediately, that was important for the French Muslims. Uh, because they live there and they they are directly affected by by the repercussions and uh, as we see in the news lately like it should be by by all muslims in, in all of europe actually because uh, the repercussions are all, uh, everywhere especially like in france and germany and places like that uh, but in 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 general for muslims in general i think that it's important to understand why should you denounce it not just you know not necessarily den the denouncing of it or Uh, claiming that they are saying this is not us, but they should understand why this is not us. They, so is, they, why is that these not, people don't represent us? Is that well, not most obvious? People don't, for, think, yeah, well, if it, if it was obvious, you wouldn't see uh, uh, all of these young people joining these extremist groups. Uh, this is this is what I think. Like the, people like uh, groups like ISIS and all of the, or Daesh or what you want to call it. People people are joining. Normal people, uh, they're, they're they're not from Mars or they're from this region, from our countries, and obviously they they have a misunderstanding about what is is Islam is and what it asks from a Muslim. And when things like this happen, this only fuels this uh, this misconcept these misconceptions for these people. So mm -hmm. it's very important for us here to explain, okay, for them why it's wrong, uh, and not. Actually, uh, just asking asking them to say it's wrong. They they need to understand. And mm. what happened when when the when the the march happened in Paris, where the Arab leaders uh, went there, including uh, our king, the Jordanian king, and the Queen Rania, they, they went and, and Mahmoud Abbas from the Palestinian Authority. Uh, this was not well received. Everybody I've I've talked to, and including me, thought this was not a good move. On the parts can, of, can of you the leaders. elaborate? But, well, I'm going to. Uh, for example, here in UAE, um, the foreign minister of UAE actually went to the march, but it was never reported, not in any newspaper, and nobody knew about it. And when I told people that he went, they were surprised. Okay. Now, uh, now could, on, could that have just been a protection, uh, uh, you know, a, a defensive maneuver? We we don't want this person to be at risk. Because no, no, he's no, identified no. in the march. Uh, look, UAE is like I li I've lived here since 2012. UAE is is a great place, and um, they when they do they do a lot of great things here in UAE, and they're always uh, very public about it and uh, to promote their okay. country. And if they didn't think that this is something that will be seen as a negative, they would have you know uh, announced it and and promoted it. In the media, but obviously there is a feeling that people will not receive it well, and it was absent from all media outlets. And in Jordan, it was the other way. In Jordan, because we're very much uh, on the front of uh, what you call the war on terror, uh, we actively participate with with military force, not just uh, uh, intelligence cooperation stuff like that. 
uh, and it was reported and I saw it and I didn't it didn't sit well with me and this was the feeling that everybody in Jordan had but why uh, why does it not it, sit well because yeah uh, see denouncing it is one thing and uh, going to the march supporting people saw it as this is a support for your version of freedom of speech which is represented mm. in what Charlie Hebdo did uh, with the with the with the cartoons and the drawings of the prophet uh, Morocco, the, the 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 Moroccan, I think, prime minister, got more publicity and more positive feedback because he went and refu- and when the when it became about Charlie Hebdo and the the cartoons themselves and they were I think people like printed them out and held them during the march and so he refused to go through the with the march. Mm. He was in Paris and refused to to march with with the other leaders. This because of these cartoons. This was received well in 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 our region. Mm. So Do you get where I think, I'm coming from? Yeah. Yeah, I but think the it, key yeah. the, the key element is the version our version of freedom of speech. And I think I want to come back to that in a little bit. Um but before we do, I want to keep going around uh around the table. Um please do. <laughs> yeah. Um so with Kerwin, uh when I said there they were French, blah blah blah. Uh, Mahmoud yeah. mentioned this is how you know no one thought of them as, as French, and you you said this is a very French way of referring to them. And, and you've lived in France for a few years, uh, and you've yeah. lived in Europe as well. So I'm wondering what you mean by th- by that because I'm not sure how we would describe them uh, otherwise. Well, for me, the the contrast is really with Australia. Australia is a country uh, of 98% of the people who are here are migrants or the descendants of migrants. And you ask each other all the time, what's your nationality? And you don't actually mean your nationality. That's just the vocab that we use. What we mean is, what what's your heritage? What's your ethnicity? Where do your parents or your grandparents come from and we use it all the time and it's a natural thing to ask in conversation when you first meet someone and uh, it's a way of getting to know each other and uh, the, when I started doing French classes here at the Alliance Francaise before I moved over um, I, I made I forget what the comment was, what the situation was. It was a, a, a watching a video of a classroom and it was a very multicultural classroom, but it was a French classroom. And I referred to someone and I sort of said, yeah, but she's not really French. And the French teacher <laughs> was outraged at me, like like she was angry at me and said that, as diplomatically as she could, that I was being racist by calling this person not really French. Well, I was coming to the Australian context, which is she's uh, clearly not of an ethnicity whose 15 generations of ancestors were from the land of France. I mean, she's Korean visually. So uh, it, it was that kind of thing. In Australia, this is what we do. But I learned very quickly through her. And then when I was there, the way that the way that um, everyone was always very quick, uh, never to let anyone label someone by their ethnicity if they had French citizenship. If they had French citizenship, the, that citizenship always came first and that was the most important label because the fact that they had French citizenship made them participants in, uh, you know, liberté, fraternité, égalité, that egalitarianism accorded them by the fact that they are French citizens is is very held 
fait dire, but also held in a sort of insecure manner by a lot of people. It's what it's, I felt. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know if it's insecure, but certainly, uh, however... <laughs> un-egalitarian some of the French society is and there are very clear uh, societal uh, uh, differences between some classes and some uh, locations in the country there is sort of a view that the republic the French republic we're we're all children of the republic uh, in a very Star Wars kind of way um, we we are afforded the same rights in theory, again, yeah. uh, the same rights and uh, and privileges and duties um, yeah. as everyone else, and that is because the French is the the the, the, re the French Republic is the great equalizer. That is how we yeah. get assimilated into the nation. And on the other side yeah. of this, there's a great deficit of patriotism in France. Uh, you can't really show support for your if i i've mentioned it on the show a few times if you if you show some form of patriotism it becomes suspect very quickly uh and that probably has to do with our world war ii history and and some of the events there but um yeah so i just wanted to elaborate on this very yeah. quickly but keep well, going i mean away. when i yeah when i said uh, a very french way it was not a criticism um It's a, it is a nice feature that people really feel that they can participate in that. And I think it's a good thing that the first thing you said was uh, these, these French terrorists. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's kind of, it's partly useful instead of resorting to rather nebulous terms, whenever these events happen, you sort of find more specific language to individualize who those people are and I think we understand them better. So to say they were, you know, you could be specific, they were fr uh, uh, these two brothers, uh, French uh, of uh, Algerian descent, um, they had grown up in, I don't know, uh, maybe one of the poorer uh, Bonlieu or something course, like that. Yeah the suburbs, um, they had been radicalized by what the U.S. had been doing in Iraq. Um, the One of the brothers had been uh, involved in some sort of action before. Now, and then what did they do? Terrorist attack. Again, terrorist attack is a very nebulous phrase. What did they do? They took Kalashnikovs and they went up and killed 12 people. Hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's call it a You know, call it a killing rather than a terrorist attack or a massacre well, or something like that. I mean, it, yeah, it was certainly, more language. It was certainly referred to as a terrorist attack because that was the, the intent. Uh, I don't know how... Sure. Yeah. So was the that less the way... We resort, I just, I, I'm just, I guess I feel the less we resort to uh, the easiest phrases, the, le the slower we'll fall into the easiest narratives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, was that the the way uh, Australian media reported on it, with very careful, uh, precise uh, descriptions? Mm. <laughs> I'm guessing no. no, but maybe it, it was. <laughs> no, but um, I'm not. I mean, it wasn't 
quite as heavily reported here. It wasn't. It didn't make a huge impact here, mm. partly because it came a few weeks after we had our own um, uh, siege hostage uh, situation in Sydney. So, which was not reported you know, on, I think, at all uh, in in France, at least. So maybe you can walk us through it very quickly. Uh, yeah, it was. I think a week or two before a week or two before Christmas, and there was um, a man, uh, an I think uh, Iranian Australian, and he was about fifty, and he was uh, clearly a very troubled man, and he had been causing all sorts of mischief uh, in the years running up to this and always trying to sort of get attention for his own sort of adult version of Islam. He was a self-styled cleric and things like this. And he decided the one very good way he could he could have to um, bring attention to his cause is he uh, took hostage everyone in a cafe in the central business district of Sydney, across the road from the news studios of one of the biggest TV channels here. Mm. Very, very prominent location right in the heart of the business district. Lawyers and bankers all around the Supreme Court of New South Wales is across the road as well. All of this. Um, and he held, uh, he had everyone locked in there in a siege for about 17 hours. Um, people would escape at different times, sort of dribble out. But uh, basically, there were about 16 city blocks that were in lockdown for the whole day. And at about 2 a.m., everyone's patience started running dry and he started shooting people or threatening to shoot people. Um, police again intervened. Um, I think but there was gunfire when they intervened. So it was firing back and forth. Uh one person killed instantly, who was the young man who was the manager of the cafe. One woman uh, died on the way to the hospital. Six other people were injured. Okay. And was, but, was the, 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 the hostage taker uh, killed? or The hostage taker was killed. Okay. But what was interesting about it is that it was a deliberate attempt to drum up media attention. Mm. And what he did is on the whole time that he was negotiating with the police, he was trying to uh, sort of leverage the hostages that he had for something, for something um, that would bring attention to him. So he said that, I will release one hostage if you give me an ISIS flag so that I can, I can show that, that I am a participant of ISIS, which is not true. He was just a yeah. guy. Uh, and then he said, I'll give you two hostages if you tell people the truth that this is an Islamic terrorist attack against Australia, which was rather overblown. And the police, to their credit, didn't accept any of this. And then the, other, the next one he did was, I will release five hostages if you put me on the radio with the prime minister. <laughs> so that's what he was doing the whole day and nothing was happening. He they didn't accept that. They didn't let any of those messages through. They wouldn't negotiate on any of those points. So his next tactic was people inside the cafe had iPhones and iPads and all the rest of it. So he started getting them to uh, um, make videos and post them on YouTube with his demands. 
and the police were in touch with the YouTube in minutes and got them all taken down and things like that. But that was that was the thing. He just wanted to leverage the situation um, to promote his form of Islam for as long as he could go. Well, that's horrifying. Um, okay, but, so what was what was he really trying to promote his version of Islam? The reports here said that he was a convicted murderer or something like that. He <clears> like was. The, he was under investigation. For, yeah, he was yeah. under investigation for murder. Uh, he had um, been convicted for something like forty cases of sexual harassment. Uh-huh. Um, but well, I mean, yeah, he he was also an ideologue. He used to do things like whenever an Australian soldier was killed in the fight in Afghanistan or Iraq, he would try to send a letter to their family um, explaining the ideology and explaining, I don't know. Why, why, uh, why, why is it wrong to, for Australia to, to, to be at war? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's Iranian and... Uh, uh, well, and I don't for know. An, yeah, no, no, for, he, wa- he was. Yeah, no, but somebody who is Iranian and his his Islamic ideology would be that of the Shiite sect. And uh, for a Shiite to claim that he is ISIS, <clears throat> that's a big fat lie over here. And you know, nobody would accept that because ISIS are are uh, extremist Sunnis. So even they they don't consider Shiites to be even Muslims. So oh, sure, but are yeah, there not converts this, between yeah. them ever? Uh, no, no, it's never been reported. They are actually at war with with Iran. Iran has oh, forces no, on the ground, that, yeah. but with Shiites. But the lines get crossed. Well, All right, let's, this way. let's. When he was a younger man. Yeah. When he <laughs> was a younger man, he tried to join the Hell's Angels of Australia. <laughs> oh, God. and they rejected him. So right. you know, I think he uh, was going to join any club that. Uh, he's that yeah, he's a great crazy powerful. dude. He just wanted publicity. That that was. Um. All right, let's uh, move on to the U.S. and the wonderful media uh, that you have there. Um, so we didn't hear about the Sydney attacks. Uh, what about the U.S. for maybe very quickly for the Sydney attacks and then uh, obviously how it went for uh, the Charlie Hebdo attacks, Randy? So in the U.S., you have a lot of news media. And it, it falls into sort of two large groups. And they don't group themselves up. There's just Rupert Murdoch's empire and everything else. <laughs> and, and so what happened in Australia, in Sydney, was, was pretty prominently covered because Rupert Murdoch had a personal interest in, in it. And uh, when, when you have these sort of large groupings of media the one has to always be paying attention to the other you know so if fox news is is really interested in something it it may not be that there is a reactionary sort of news on the rest of the uh the channels but it there definitely is something that you know that is is being covered in in relation to it so you mean so, if, if uh, fox news is going to start covering something the others are going to also at least cover it partially is that right? What there, you mean? There, okay. There's right. yeah. There's going to be. It may not be a uh, you know a direct reaction to what Fox is doing, but they definitely uh, they definitely all 
play the same song you know so you mean so the 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 sydney thing was covered pretty pretty prominently in Mm -hmm. the united states and uh i you know the, the charlie Hebdo attacks were covered very prominently in the united states uh although at first it it felt more like the the sort of uh, perspective that the U.S. had on the Mumbai attacks in 2008. It was at first, in the first hours of Charlie Hebdo, it was very, uh, it felt very distant. Like coverage was sort of just catching up and didn't really, didn't really expect that this was the biggest story of, you know, of, of the month or the year or so forth. And uh, so in the U.S., Everybody, you know, went to work, heard a little news, looked on Twitter. It was just the day was 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 playing out fairly slowly. In uh, within 24 hours, it became the only thing that was being talked about on on the news. It it uh, it, it, it because it was an act of terrorism. Americans and especially American journalists all come together. It, 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 you know, this is something that Americans uh, almost, you could almost call news entertainment. And uh, so, you know, it then, it then became this breathless hour by hour coverage of every step uh, along the way. Uh, at, you know, for, for example, um, you, you said something a, a little while ago about uh, French patriotism. Uh, I'm here to tell you from the American perspective, a lot of French patriotism. I mean, it was two days later when Parliament broke out in the national anthem and voted 488 to 1 to uh, authorize military force that they were already authorized and, uh, you know, already had boots on the ground on the border of Syria and Iraq. Uh, That was covered. That was on the news. We saw French Parliament singing the national anthem. And that's that is the American way, man. That kind of thing, just it just speaks to the American audience, mm. um, and and of course then uh, then it becomes an Americanized within within days. The the march on on the Sunday after the attacks in Paris was one hundred percent covered, and instantly uh, all of your American pundits start saying, "How can we make this about us?" <laughs> and 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 I'm sure you I'm sure you heard some of that. I'm sure you heard that yeah, the, the I think, Republicans and Democrats yeah. were yelling at each other that you know each each side wasn't the the most patriotic and so mm. forth. So I ha- I have to say um, in this event and in in a few events like this uh, or you know there is some display of patriotism and it's not only accepted but even encouraged. Uh, this was a case like this. And a lot of people said not since the the uh, France winning the World Cup of football, meaning like football you play with your feet, um, <laughs> did we see such a, a, a big show of patriotism. So that's how far apart they usually are. Um, but but certainly in in this instance it was very very clear and it was very powerful. Um, we did hear a little bit about. I guess the one thing we heard about was this uh, Fox News thing where some 
supposedly French person said there were no go zones for police that were ruled by Islamic law in Paris and its suburbs, which obviously is false and at the very minimum a gross exaggeration, completely out of proportion. Um, there are. It was. It oh, was a genius bit of comedy, though. It was very funny. <laughs> yes, um, they, they said they said the same thing about uh, I think Birmingham in England. Yeah. Yes, Birmingham. Yeah. Muslim the, from from yeah. wall to wall. You know, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I'll, I'll get back to to Randy in a second. But there was a uh, in the days following, there was a survey uh, showing how. Uh, misinformed or how much uh, how many misconceptions there are about Europeans and the way they view their um, population and the demography of their population um, and one of those numbers was asking French people how many Muslims do you think live in France and uh, the average uh, guest was about 30% and the actual number of course is a lot lower it's around 8% And it's not uh, uh, biased toward Muslims. There are exaggerations like this in every segment of the population. You know, there there are a lot of people who think there are more uh, Christians than there actually are. A lot of, uh, you know, the same for senior citizens, things like that. But the, the thing that struck me in those figures was in relation to the US and to the UK even. And that was the fact that there are 8% of the population that is Muslim, and one can reasonably assume there are of diff uh, not Caucasians, and the representation of those in the media and in entertainment, if you exclude probably you know rap music, is abysmal. It is very, very, very low in a way that you don't see in... Um, In the U.S. even, that has a 13% uh, African-American population, I believe, um, where the African-American representation, however, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't know, I don't want to say it's, it's not too low today, but it's certainly bigger than the uh, Muslim representation and the immigrant representation in our media in France. And that, I think, was something striking. We still have, for... However much we, you know, we hold dear the value of Frenchness and the, the Republic being the great equalizer, as I was saying, it feels like that segment of the population is not represented adequately in media, but in the country in general. So... Yeah, that's just something I wanted to throw out there. Um, Randy, you mentioned, you talked a little bit about the media. How was it, was it a topic of conversation in, like, at work, with your friends, with, or did it not really come up? And Absolutely. It was the okay. only, it was the only prime news being discussed by anyone everywhere. You uh, said that uh, it took a while for the media to really cover it. Right. So and why do you think why did it take so long? Was it the time difference? Was it that yeah, it's too it was, distant? It, or what? It, it, was the, it was the time difference and, and also just the, the lack of detail. In the first, say, eight hours after the attacks, there just wasn't a lot of, of understanding for journalists to spread around. And, and like I say, they hadn't cottoned on yet 
that they had a huge news story that they could fill 24 hours uh, news cycles mm-hmm. with for days and days and days. They didn't they didn't realize it fast very fast. Um, because and, and remember, like I say, the American media is always is always looking for how can we make this about us. And when that happened, so you can pinpoint it to the moments after the Sunday march. Uh, and and I'm talking about Sunday the eighth, I believe was the date. No, that's not uh, right. No, no. Um, the 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 eleventh. The eleventh, yeah. The attack um, was on the seventh. Right. So uh, that happened. Uh, you know, the large marches all over Paris, very well covered, and uh, surprising to a, a lot of American viewers was the fact that there were a number of world leaders there. You know, there. Uh, it just that wasn't something that everyone turned on their televisions expecting to see all of these leaders arm in arm. And so then we suddenly had something that Americans could make about America. And the the news shifted in, in that moment to uh, why wasn't President Obama there? Why wasn't Secretary Kerry there? What, you know, what, what does that mean? Of it course, was noticed in France as well. I just want to mention. Um, good. I'm, I'm, it was, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's strange to me personally. Although, sorry, Kerry apologized later when he met with Hollande, uh, our president. Right. Uh, he said, you know, sorry, we, we should have been there. And I, it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. It's not like, ooh, look, the Americans aren't here. It was just like, you know, yeah, they're, they're not here. Um, uh, you know, personally, it didn't, I wasn't surprised. Like, I, when the instant I saw that there was, there was a collection of world leaders, I thought, oh, well, of course President Obama isn't there. He, he doesn't want to make it about him. He doesn't want to overshadow anything. He doesn't want to, you know, insert his opinion into what's going on here. He, you know, and, and it was also, um, it was, it was also very, it was constructed very quickly. I mean, on the Friday, we thought it was going to be just two people. On the sun- Saturday, it-, it turned out there were 15. And on the Sunday, as it was happening, we sort of discovered it was like 40 or 50. Uh, you know, p- I'm sort of exaggerating here, but I can understand how they couldn't. And I think that played into it as well, how they couldn't uproot they- their entire uh, uh, schedule to to go to Paris for for March. You, but, um, you may say you can understand, but mm. uh, the you know his uh, political opponents in North America just jumped on that like ah, it was the I see. greatest greatest thing that they could be given, and uh, and and so strangely, suddenly in the United States, the right wing was paying lip service to French patriotism. <laughs> and that was that was where this story became so interesting, and now I'm glued to my television. Oh, so it's still going on now. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. there there have there have been very few new developments in the last you know <laughs> ten days, right? <laughs> Maybe yeah. there's an airplane crashing somewhere or something that can <laughs> replace it soon. Yes, but um, uh, that's that's true. Yeah, we lo- there was a, another plane lost, right? And that got some that got some attention. Uh, about a week ago, but uh, anyway, you're you're um, you're absolutely right that uh, minority groups don't 
they get skewed representation. They either get they either get too much representation or not enough. It's never it's never possible to strike a balance, and and that's because information has become entertainment. And uh, we you know we're now living in a time in the 21st century when it's always going to be more important to first decide how how many people are going to be interested in this information before presenting it than anything else. And it's it's really sad, but that's just that's the world we live in. Yeah, and to be fair, you're saying once the Americans find a way of doing making it about them, then it gets play in the media. I think to be fair, it's the maybe it's more the case in the U.S. because of the very prevalent 24 hours news cycle. Uh, I think in France, it's it's the case everywhere when it's something that concerns you, whether it's your country or your community or whatever. It obviously interests you more than when it's some tragedy happening in, you know, another country. Um, For sure. But, um, uh, all right, let's, let's, so, you, oh, sorry. You, right you know, like, just to, just to tie this all together, you, you brought up uh, how in different parts of the world, the, the people in, in the country refer to the different groups. And as you, as you know very well in the United States, uh, there is a lot of we're all Americans until you have to. We were talking about how in Germany you start out trying to figure out what, uh, you know, what sort of nationality uh, is, is this person's ancestry. In the United States, it, it comes a lot later. It's we're all Americans until for some reason I feel uh, compelled to know what this, what this other person's history is. And then we're all... Uh, Irish Americans and uh, you know Hebrew Americans and and so forth. We're African Americans and and Mexican Americans, and uh, it all comes into these nice little categories. And that is a really good lens through which to look at the American media, because if you if you wanted to, and I think it's it, it's totally legitimate way to look at the American media, you could also refer to us as Fox News Americans and CNN <laughs> Americans. And, so. and PBS Americans, although there aren't exactly. many of those. There's not um, many NPR Americans, but they do exist, and they're very yeah. smart. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, certainly it seems like Australia and America share a little bit of uh, 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 characteristics here. Uh, as, you know, there are... I don't know. It, I want to say it's because although, there are... Go ahead, Carol. No, you want to say it's because no, you say you, the, I, I wanted to say it's because there are a lot of immigrants, or you know, the the countries are very young, and there there is that that's ingrained in the in the you know unconscious common unconscious consciousness of the of the population. Uh, but of course, in France, although we do we are a very old country, the the immigration has always played a major role in the development of the of the community, but. Um, All right, I, I want to move on to Matthias, who, who's been almost silent uh, for the entirety of this uh, uh, 50 minutes of show. Um, so you're very close to us geographically, and you share with our, you know, common World War II history, you share a certain understanding of freedom of speech. I think it's probably closer for the both of us than it is for... Um, the Americans and the Australians and, and the English. Uh, maybe Mahmoud is on the other side of that debate. I don't know. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, how, how did it play out in, uh, in Germany, Matthias? 
Yeah, well, first of all, it was predominant the whole day the uh, terrorist attack happened. And uh, you were talking about how the media described the persons that actually uh, did this, like, I try to recall whether they were called terrorists or assassins, but mm, uh, most of the time they were not titled as French, but uh, almost always as Islamist terrorists or assassins or whatever you want to call them. Uh, but um, it faded pretty quickly, uh, all the events, um, because a lot of politicians almost immediately starting to make demands uh, using this attack for different reasons, just like they always do after every tragedy. terrorist attack, a tragedy. Uh, so uh, after the dust settled, so to speak, and uh, the... Um, uh, when all the people gathered in the streets, that was something they reported about. But after that, it pretty quickly faded in my perception. And they almost always uh, just talked about what can be done now, what should we do in Germany as a reaction to this attack. And uh, then there was a lot of, I would call it actionism, where the police just arrested a lot of known suspects, which was more a show of force, in my opinion, than really a viable reaction. Mm. Yeah, and um, since Randy used, uh, talked about um, the gathering of the world leaders on Sunday, here in Germany, they actually all also reported that Obama was, was missing, but that wasn't a really big topic uh, for us. It was more of a topic that uh, Monsieur Sarkozy just uh, showed up there <laughs> and got in the front row, and here I am. That was more interesting to the media in Germany than uh, Obama missing or Kerry missing. Yeah, that that was a story in France too, for sure. Uh, not a big one, but it, it was certainly noticed uh, that there was a very strict protocol with who was was standing where, um, and of course, midway through the things, Sarkozy walked his way to the almost to the front row and he was in in many of the pictures although ultimately in the official picture he wasn't because he i don't know he took a step back or something um i want to talk a little bit about freedom of speech and the different perceptions of freedom of speech because the the main thing that the main reaction in france was to make it about freedom of speech in the sense that um, the cartoonists were expressing unpopular opinions, sometimes offensive opinions, um, through cartoons, and that should be sacrosanct. And, and that is a little bit hypocritical uh, in a way that most French people don't understand, because we in France have um, very strict laws about hate speech, which I think might have been, uh, uh, you know, might have seen some versions of them being implemented in, in Anglo uh, Anglophone countries or, uh, yeah, but, but weren't before 9-11. Um, 
And in France and Germany, actually, because of the history we have with uh, World War II and the Holocaust and, and all of that and anti-Semitism, we've always had, or since World War II, we've had very strong laws against hate speech and, and revisionism and things like that that are actually criminal offenses. So the freedom of speech, we had on one hand people saying freedom of speech is absolute, You cannot say freedom of speech except freedom of speech has to be absolute. And then at the same time with the same person um, saying, if you say something that is racist, then you should be silenced. Uh, and that's a dichotomy that seems completely natural and fair to, to French people um, and that I myself didn't even realize was sort of philosophically problematic until I started hanging out with, with uh, American and English people so much, uh, where famously there is this, you know, this uh, idea that someone can go in any park in London and, and preach jihad. Obviously, it's not the case anymore, but it was the case uh, a few years ago. Uh, as long as you're actions aren't criminalized, aren't criminal, then you can say whatever you want and that's the price you have to pay for freedom of speech. So uh, the, 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 the way it was, uh, I guess I'm putting the spotlight on this contradiction, but it was really not a big uh, uh, deal uh, for the first few days. Everyone was showing the Je suis Charlie uh, picture that everyone knows uh, and saying freedom of speech is important, supporting the press, freedom of speech. And, and um, the reason I'm talking about this is that, of course, since then, we've seen many um, arrests and even uh, legal proceedings and, and um, condemnations. No, the, the legal... Uh, I'm thinking about condamnation in French, which is... Convictions. Convictions. Thank you, Kerwin, multilingual <laughs> Kerwin. Um, convictions for things like posts on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, and things like that. Um, and of course, then you have the other side of the coin, which is, uh, I think a lot of people don't really understand what Charlie Hebdo was. Uh, and uh, in Very France... True. Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. here in North America, that there was a what I've never heard this before sort of reaction. Not and, just in North yeah. America, also in Germany. I guess that most of the people who bought the uh, edition and the, after the attack yeah. never heard of it before. And the thing is, Charlie Hebdo is not. Some, I think it's something that most people who are supporting it now, in in principle. I don't think they would be very happy about it if they, they weren't all dead, basically. Uh, Charlie Hebdo is a ferociously atheist and ferociously communist uh, satirical newspaper. They are the kind of people who stop at nothing out of principle to caricature everything. And it's an extremist view of their uh, creed which I personally think is, is, is not problematic or, you know, the, the, if you disagree with them, then just leave them be. But I'm sure that the way they treat religion, the way they treat other, you know, uh, uh, political views, it's always through satire and, and you know, the, the people themselves were 
just by any account adorable. They were just people expressing ideas. But I think that when you realize what those ideas are, many of you listening might think, oh, well, uh, wait a second. I, I'm not standing behind that. There, when you're talking about satire, it's, it's violent stuff. Violent in the sense that you would have clearly like it's i don't even know how to express it maybe someone can help me out there it's it's like they they like to press to turn the knife where it hurts out of mm -hmm. principle right and yeah and it's and still just drawings it's still just cartoons but i'm sorry i didn't read it more when i was there <laughs> <laughs> just and, and, to and add yeah uh, go ahead, Just Matthias. to add something, uh, here in Germany, um, there actually was a politician who then said, well, we have an article in our criminal code, which is sometimes called a blasphemy article, since uh, you are not only allowed uh, to talk about, you, you mentioned hate speech and things like that, but also... Um, uh, talk about religion that is I, um, I try to recall the wording it's something like if it's uh, designed to disrupt public peace you are not allowed to uh, uh, express those opinion or you if you express them you can be criminally prosecuted which and is interesting because designed to disrupt pub public peace you can put so many things in there that yeah, you can use that to yeah I, I'm not sure about the wording, so don't mm, quote okay. me on that, but it's somewhere, something around that. And um, this politician was actually saying, well, now that you see what uh, Charlie Hebdo did with those uh, cartoons, well, maybe we should think about uh, if we should... Uh, uh, change this and make it uh, a bit harder, uh, more restrictive, so uh, that um, satire is not allowed to do everything. <laughs> so this was so a discussion yeah. here as well. That's very interesting, and that's I think what I wanted to to point out uh, because I agree with freedom of speech, and I think freedom of speech is incredibly important, and and incredibly important, especially when you disagree with with someone when even when you're offended by something but i don't know where that line is because i'm also very french and that hate speech anti-hate speech laws feel very natural to me and even important i mean where do you set the bar it, it can can you allow someone to 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 you know wear a swastika and and call and say that you know let's not go to the Godwin point, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, that feels like you shouldn't allow it. But at the same time, I guess my point is, a, a large majority, I think, of the people s saying we are Charlie and we support freedom of speech would not support some of the things that Charlie was doing. My um, favorite example in the United States is Sarah Palin. She uh, she posted Je suis Charlie on Facebook herself. And I just can't imagine that if she had actually come across this publication in 2014 or 2012 or any time before this, that she would have uh, thought anything except revulsion. And that's it. the thing. I, I don't think... I mean, no one's saying that you should agree with what they're saying. That's obvious. But 
what I think a lot, a few people, not a lot, a few people are saying is, you're saying you're supporting freedom of speech when actually you wouldn't be. Because it's not about agreeing with them, it's about agreeing for them to do this, even though you strongly disagree and you're hurt maybe even a little bit by, by what they're doing. Um, so let's let's go back, back with that lovely thought uh, to Mahmoud, uh, who was saying something a little bit about freedom of speech and different conceptions of freedom of speech. Uh, I, I guess you would have something to say about that and about what they were doing. Yeah, well, um, the thing is, the, the term hate speech and freedom of speech for, for, for our region is, is a foreign term. It's a Western term. We don't have you know, hate speech or free speech as a, as a terminology in our societies. So when we read or hear some, somebody calling for uh, freedom of speech or uh, against hate speech, we, we really don't understand what they mean. And uh, cartoons over here are, are, are a very powerful tool. Most people view cartoons and don't read articles in any, in any publication. So uh, it might be insignificant for somebody to see, saying, oh, just a cartoon, who, who reads cartoons or who sees cartoons. But over here, it's, it's, it's a, pow a very powerful tool, especially during the Arab Spring and, and all of these events. And uh, uh, you were saying that uh, let him speak, uh, you know, words don't hurt, and so it's not criminal. Over here, it's the other way around. It's uh, your intent is not criminalized, but actually speaking something that is hurtful or uh, disrespectful to anybody is considered a crime. So mm. over here, it's not just sticks and stones. Also, words hurt, and mm. they are criminalized. So, yeah, the, yeah. The, the way I was saying it, obviously, is that, you know, you're not going to die from a cartoon where you might die from a Kalashnikov <coughs> shot, uh, right? Oh, well, over here, you, you might uh, die from, from a cartoon, from a word, from insulting somebody verbally, you might die. And yes, most, right. Mo most, but yeah, that's... Mo for, for, it's, it's, this is something that is in our culture. Like, you can get physically assaulted and not respond and go to the police. But if you get verbally assaulted, you, you will start the physical uh, uh, attack on the other party, if you will. So th this is this is the the difference between what you guys perceive as 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 freedom of speech and it doesn't hurt anybody and what we see over here. So, so I guess what yeah, you're uh, saying is yeah. words are as bad, uh, even if though not they're worse. not as deadly. If, as, yeah, as, if not okay. if not worse. Like uh, you can do something, okay, that that might be physically harmful to me, and I will go to to the proper authority to solve it. But if you say something that is insulting, okay, then it, the anger takes over and I become the, the, the assaulter in this. Like sure. I, I will physically that, attack. So how does, how does the legal system see that? If let's say I say, uh, I come to you and I say, you know, Mahmoud, I think you, uh, your eyebrows are super bushy. And you look at me and you're like, I can't believe you said that and, and punch me in the face. Yeah, uh, no, it, legally, yeah. who, who would be uh, at fault? There are boundaries to what, uh, to what is legally allowed and what's legally mm. criminalized in terms of, of, of what you can say and you cannot say. Uh, making fun of, of somebody's looks or the way they talk, or this is not criminal. But uh, attacking their, let's say, uh, again, this is a, a very foreign term to you guys, but we Muslims, we hold very dear uh, our families. So if you say something bad about my mother or my sister, 
Okay, I'm I'm not gonna wait or go to to any authority to to, to complain. I'm gonna hit you. You know, this is this is this is and, the mentality. And legally, of you would here. be you wouldn't be that wouldn't be criminal. You well, be... no, no, no. It's it's criminal. The, okay. the, the law says no. I should complain. Okay, and this is defamation, and um, there's a, a legal process for it. Uh, but people don't take that course of action because they, they will. They considered themselves to be weak if they did that, and they, they did not uh, stand up for their family. Okay, do, do I'm going to say this is it. Yeah, no, I understand you're describing the way it works, the the reality yeah. of the situation, uh, and I'm going to say something that is is very politically incorrect, and I again apologize, but that's kind of the way I feel, and I'm curious how you would, uh, uh, you know, consider it. This feels like a less civilized way of approaching a problem with the idea maybe western but that resort to physical violence is the tool of you know someone who is not uh uh who doesn't have the system in place to deal with those things or who hasn't integrated that system uh well enough that it has permeated society and maybe that's just the 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 view of the you know western part of me even though i also have you know middle eastern and parts as well but uh do you think that's a fair assessment or is it like just a, a, a very uh, uh western view of it and it's i don't know how, how... uh well uh the the let's say that the legal framework is there but people would they whether they follow it or not this is something that the people do like uh what, but see uh, that's what, that's what that's yeah. what i think is difficult for me to understand because, yes, if the legal framework is there and and the citizens of that country should abide by the legal framework, then yes, of course, you would, I guess, hmm, I'm, I'm trying to think yeah, of it as I'm talking, but I think what's... Let me just finish far, this and then, and then yeah. I'll, I'll give you... It feels Go to ahead. me like you're saying well you know if someone punches punches someone in the face for what you're you're saying it might happen here too but i think the general way people would look at it would say well he shouldn't have whereas it seems like what you're saying is more like people would look at it and say well what you're going to do he insulted his mom right uh well yeah, again it's a very specific thing mm-hmm. like people hit hit each other on on on, on almost like uh, uh, trivial things like if you called my alpras thick and, and might hit you that that would be uh, a so failure like on English my part basically yeah yeah that would be a failure in my character but if uh, if it's something like uh, to do with my mother or my sister or my family it's it's a bit different okay? it's a failure in in my character if i insult you that's exactly. what you're saying okay exactly you know like in the west the the, the curse words that you, you guys use, especially in the States, and what we see in the media, like MRFR, this is something that would never be allowed in our region. And, and people who view it are like, can't believe that this is something that you take lightly, you know? And this is what, uh, let's mm. say, one of the negative things that uh, we point at, at at the Western society, that you, you what we see is that there is no respect for family. There, no, there is no family values. That it is so easy for you guys to to say such such words, which are for I'm us sure. like they are very explosive words. Mm. 
I'm sure the Americans in the audience will be interested to hear that, you know, uh, the Arab world thinks that uh, America has no family values. That's an interesting <laughs> turn of events. Yes, I, I actually just wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's actually, that you know, it's, I mean, that's part of the reason I do this show. This kind of cultural difference is something that I come from Lebanon and I've, I've, you know, I've, I was born in Lebanon and I've never, it's something that might have been in the background, like, yeah, you know, in these countries, they, they hold their families like it's, but I've never considered it in that way. I've never understood that it, it looking at it through the sociological aspect. Anyway, that, so thank you basically is what i'm yeah, saying and, and, um, and just just to, to to get back to the to the cartoons issue if you ask most muslims who do you love more the prophet muhammad peace be upon him or your mother the most likely answer is prophet muhammad do you see where yeah, the yeah, where, yeah. where the conflict comes from yani, over here muslims hold the prophet in a very high place higher than their own family which is already a high place for mm. for, for for the family And uh, and the way that people here perceive what happens uh, with the uh, the call for free speech and all these ideas that you guys have in the West is that it's a double standard. Like when it comes to our prophet and our religion or our culture, it's okay to mock them and to draw cartoons or to say that it's extremist or or whatever or uh, evil. But when it comes, for example, something like uh, anti-Semitism, which is it's where you guys put it in in in, uh, in the framework of hate of speech and it's not allowed and uh, mm. the most uh, talked about story when it comes to charlie ibdo here in the region is that uh, what charlie ibdo when it when they published these cartoons that nothing happened to them they were taken to court and court said it's fine it's freedom of speech but when the uh, same cartoon is from that uh, same uh, magazine uh, or newspaper Uh, drew a cartoon about Sarkozy's son, that when he married a, a Jewish uh, lady, and uh, that was considered anti-Semitism, and he was fired from Charlie Hebdo. Uh, I'm not so familiar people... with that that story specifically. Um, I, I'm sure it's the case. Um, I would say, however, that the the description the description of of vehement. Uh, shit stirring uh that <laughs> I, i made of of charlie hebdo was for everyone uh certainly charlie hebdo was not making choosing any side at all so they were making fun of all religions equally all politicians all uh, you know everyone so uh, uh and i think in the, that, in the that, case that of that might yeah. yeah patrick that might sound uh, like a good thing or a positive thing that make they make fun of uh, people equally or religions equally uh, for someone like you but for people over here uh, uh the the insult whether it's to uh, to jesus or muhammad is the same for us or, really? or moses so that's like, that's interesting yeah, because yeah, they're all we, prophets we, Yeah, uh, like Islam is inclusive of everything is holy in Christianity and Judaism. The, the contrary is, is not the case. Like everything that Christians hold holy, like uh, like Jesus and Mary, and uh, everything that the Jews hold holy, we also hold holy. So any insult to any of these, uh, let's say, icons in, in these religions, in Islam and for Muslims, is the same. 
So we don't we don't take that as a, as a positive point or an argument point. We, we actually take it as a counter argument point from our perspective. So I guess yeah, on the other hand, that's ma what's making it so hard to discuss freedom of speech in this on this topic, since uh, nearly everybody has a religion they of they follow. And if Charlie Hebdo uh, attacks all religions, everybody says, "Yeah, well, of course, freedom of speech, but don't insult my religion." <laughs> Whether it is uh, Arabic, Jewish, uh, Christian, whatever, yeah. or you know, there are many others. Um, yeah, that just... would, and I think that's that's the reason why a lot of people say freedom of speech has to be absolute. Because if you start choosing, then there's always going to be someone who dislikes something you said about them. Um, and if you put, I guess that's also the the atheistic heritage of France, which is. Not you know, of course, a lot of people have uh, religious uh, beliefs, but traditionally, um, I don't. I'm not sure exactly how to put it in a way that people who aren't French would understand, because I think France is a very unique uh, country in that regard. It's not that we dislike religion. Uh, there is a, a feeling that religion brings you to think. Uh, uh, unreasonably because there are absolutes and and you know that it's not even about science it's just that at some point conversation becomes difficult when you have edicts that are, that cannot be contradicted but that being said we we don't we really don't have a problem with religion it's it's more that everyone does their thing uh, for themselves and it's fine and everyone lives in peace I mean until I would say the early 2000s, most of the, you know, I wasn't even that aware that those kinds of conflicts were that important. I mean, I'm exaggerating here, of course, but the way French people live in harmony between the different religions is something that is, that would be surprising to people who view atheism as a war against religions which it, it certainly isn't in france uh, i think it's more that case in in the u.s which the is States, for yeah. different yeah for a different set of reasons but um so let's keep talking about freedom of speech for a little bit i don't think we're going to find any answers uh anytime soon but it's certainly interesting to to cover um uh kerwin randy anything in the way that it was uh uh described or discussed or anything interesting happened in your countries and Matthias as well of course well I wouldn't say in my country exactly but um, I would say my networks of friends the 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 march was not anything significant but the publication of the cartoon the week after was something that was explosive amongst many of my friends um, so you mean the uh, one for the For the, the issue after the attack with uh, Mohammed holding the sign, Je suis Charlie. And, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, by the way, yeah, so for the case, if, if uh, people haven't seen it, I'm guessing there might be people who have, you know, who know about Charlie Hebdo but haven't seen that front page. So, it's again um, uh, the prof prophet, although it's not clearly stated, but it's at least a. a, a, a a traditional uh, Arab with a, I don't know how you call it in English, uh, Except turban. he's, yeah. well, a turban, is that really traditionally Arab? Well, the, the, yeah, okay, you got me. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the way you present caricatured Arabs in Western countries. 
Yeah. Is that it's yes. insulting in itself is, without seeing is, the profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and so, but the thing is, he's whole, again. This is a caricature, and they present uh, uh, other religions like that as well. I just want to mention it again, even though I, I understand it's not. It doesn't make, necessarily make the case better. Um, so he's holding a, a, a card saying, uh, "I am Charlie," and uh, above his head is uh, "Everything is forgiven," and. That, so personally, yeah. I think that headline, everything is forgiven, the suggestion that they have decided for themselves that the Prophet Muhammad is forgiving them. I think that was oh, no, the I most necessary part of that. I don't think that's that's how they were saying it. They were saying no, for they, themselves. They said that that's how they... Um, no, actually, the editor, when he was describing the cartoon, said this is... Um, This is their drawing of Muhammad forgiving them. Wow. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't understand it like that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> I agree I. that when you look at it without an explanation, you think, you know, you think uh, this is the remaining team of Charlie yeah, Hebdo. Exactly, yeah. uh, it, so it was both. Hmm. It was explicitly both. It was okay. also um, putting words in the mouth of the prophet. Which, as you know, They're, they're, yeah, the way I understand it as a Frenchman and, and is let's, it, it, they're saying, let's bury the hatchet. Let's not make this into more of a yeah. conflict than it was. But yeah, you were, but, you were but you saying. Don't, you don't bury the hatchet by lancing another axe, <laughs> which But is what is happening in the cartoon. Okay, I understand. The way I would look at it was... But then you let them win, don't you? If you change the way the you are... That's not the same as burying the hatchet. Okay, fair enough. I, would, um, I now, could discuss this for a very long time, but let's... Oh, uh, yes. And, no. and I, I did have some very heated discussions with people um, mm. when this happened. That a lot of people saying, you know, how... Uh, quite diverse people saying, uh, how dare they... A lot of it was, how dare they do this? No one... Uh, has any right to attack anyone's religious beliefs, um, which I don't agree with. Um, but in any case, what was the other thing that came up? Um, my mind's drawing a blank. Uh, I well, can't that, remember. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll we'll, um, we'll we'll come back to that, Randy. The uh, you know to to your question for uh, those of us in the United States and Australia. I I have just uh, I've sat here flabbergasted trying to to figure out how to explain that there is such an opposite perspective on the value of speech and the value of action, especially violent action. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating that that you get to this response cartoon, if you will, where. Uh, from the perspective of your of your average american they look at that and just sort of shrug all is forgiven oh huh i really don't know what that means from you know from the american perspective now a partial part of that is that because we value speech so differently than violent action uh, a lot of us are rooting for that next issue to be so offensive. We're just, we're just waiting. We're just hoping that it is blatantly, arrogantly offensive. 
And when it isn't, it's confusing. Uh, you know, and, and but then on on the other hand, uh, it's it's in in subtlety there can be a lot of uh, uh, you know of of uh, power, and I, I you know after thinking about it for a moment, I personally came to really like it, to really like how it is so subtle that you can miss all of the layers of the message, uh, the people who made the message are hurting so much and they are they found a way to be offensive to everyone while also uh demonstrating that or at least asserting that they that they're better they're you know we're better than you it's a it's a great message i, I think, think that's a very american interpretation mm-hmm, like, it uh, is. to Maybe. say that to say that what they were trying to say is that they were better than the other um, no, better, yeah. better right. in the sense that we can forgive everything. I think that's the, the way I view it. And maybe I'm too Americanized as well, but you have to... Okay, then here I'm going to play the, the, the French trauma card. Um, but you have to remember that this they started working on it only a few days after their friends and colleagues were mawed down you know this it, it, an act of incomprehen- incomprehensible killing and violence and they the sense I, at least the way i understand it when when randy says we're better is we're not we're we're going to be the bigger person and not make it you know they could have gone a million different ways with blood kalashnikovs and a lot of different things, and they they chose to, at least I think in spirit, even in the, if the form can be offensive, they chose to say to to err on the side of having had that conversation with everyone. It's difficult to to um, to say that believing it strongly, but on the side of peace rather than. Uh, inflaming more of the of the argument um, right and the the the, the argument uh, between these two perspectives the the perspective of uh, speech is uh, hurtful you know is actually hurtful and of course violence is hurtful and then this this other perspective where uh, you know from the, the western world speech is it is what it is but uh, it, you know, it's it it can be it can be uh, good. It can be bad. It can be powerful. It can be weak. Um, the the real difference there is the Westerner looking at uh, you know at, at the the people who are bringing guns into a magazine office and saying uh, all of my speech doesn't actually end your life, doesn't actually draw blood. You know, doesn't you know, if you punch me, that and and then decide, you know what? I I don't mean uh, any harm to you. Well, it's too late. I'm already bruised. Whereas if uh, if I say something, and then we decide, no, that's actually not what was intended. Uh, let's take it back. We can. We can take it back. We can, you know, arrive at a at a, a different agreement. That is a really important distinction. A lot of people on on both sides of that argument don't get it. Um, I want to go back to to Mahmoud, uh, maybe for 
let's start thinking about concluding the the <laughs> the discussion uh, and i will and maybe specifically talking about that that uh, new issue um and representing uh, the prophet again um but before that matthias uh, about the freedom of speech i know that it does have a, a certain play in germany as well and and you know it resonates uh I, not differently, but certainly uh, uh, it does in Germany as well. Was that a message that echoed uh, in in German media and f with your friends and in general? Well, in the media, they, of course, all say, well, yes, freedom of speech. We need freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is a great value in Germany and in our constitution. On the other hand, uh, from my perception... A lot of the discussion wasn't about should we uh, actually define freedom of speech differently, but, um, and now I'm exaggerating a bit, but, uh, well, those Muslims need to accept that we have freedom of speech and get over it. Uh, it's exaggerated because uh, if you would uh, do the same for uh, um, Christianity, they would cry out foul and uh, cry havoc and whatever. But uh, at the moment, since uh, we have uh, kind of an anti-Islamic um, sentiment, which is a problem around here, or seems to be a problem around here at the moment, uh, it's more like, well, those uh, Islamists, they just need to get over it. So uh, that was a discussion Uh, in my circle, as well as you mentioned that um, not everything that Charlie Hebdo published is something you would actually get behind. And that's something a lot of people, especially on Twitter and uh, on Google Plus, posted. Well, I am not Charlie, not because I don't value freedom of speech and not because I don't condemn the actions, but what they did is not something I would support. And that's a sentiment that has been very much uh, uh, described and discussed in France as well. The I am not Charlie crowd. Who are they? Why do they not feel uh, part of this movement? Why, you know, in France and also outside of France? Um, I think in France, it's been after the, you know, complete rallying that seemed universal in the country. Uh, we've had surveys again that showed 42% of the population felt like they were not Charlie um, for different reasons. Uh, obviously, there's a portion of them that might uh, feel that way because of their religion. Uh, I, and I mean uh, Muslim religion, but As I was saying before, 8% of the French population is Muslim. 42% of the people uh, surveyed said they weren't Charlie. So it's a much wider uh, group than that. Um, But then again, all the media just published the um, I'm Charlie in the yeah. beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone felt this, this feeling of, yes, we have to, to stand together. Um, let, let's go back to Mahmoud again and um, so that that new issue um, with the everything is forgiven um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well okay it, it did make a lot of noise 
because like look at these idiots didn't they learn what happened from what happened and they still insist on on doing it again so let me yeah sorry i'm Go gonna ahead. i'm gonna stop you because when you say didn't they learn it's the immediate thing that we think is the 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 problem with terrorism is that if you change your behavior because of a terrorist act, oh, well, the terrorist then, one, like the, yeah, yeah. The, the very American phrase that if you mm. if we do that, the, the terrorist win. But uh, which, by it, the way, I sorry, go ahead. No, it's not like that. It's it's not like uh, we didn't teach you. You didn't learn from our lesson. Like it's uh, over here. Like everything has a repercussion, and if you if you if you do something and it it has a bad repercussion on you, and you still do it again and you will and not see that it will that that bad repercussion will happen again then you're stupid this is what this is the terminology yeah. stupid for it, but or, it's not or brave or no, having it's, the... <laughs> it's, it's stupid it's okay. uh, repeating repeating the same action over over and expecting it to be different the next time where you you know it's not going to be because you're doing it the same way uh, to the same people in the same manner that's that's stupidity that's not learning from but what lesson. if what if it was, I don't know, I, I'm going to take a very extreme example, but what if it's like, uh, I, you know, you, I give you a slap every time you, you make your prayer, yeah, don't you, I'm, right? I mean, you're still going to be praying because that's something you strongly believe in. I don't, I'm not talking about you specifically, no. but so well, sometimes well, there is a thing that... It's a very, it's is, a very weird example, yeah, but... Let's, yeah, let's I'm trying say, to think of something yeah. that, that is obviously well, something someone would believe it strongly enough that they would be willing to, uh, to, to receive harm uh, in order, to, you know, even though, to, to do even though they would receive harm for doing it. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you have, you do have a point, but it's, it's uh, uh, over here. It's like it's insulting. The first time, mm. uh, the second time is as insulting as much as the first time. So it, it doesn't really matter. Like if uh, if they keep doing it again, it's it will not change our our perspective that it's it will become less and less insulting, and maybe we'll get used to it. We will never get used to it. Mm. It's and not like might, yeah. It, it's not if like I you were ask. saying. Uh, it's not like you were saying. Yeah, it was insulting from the beginning. It didn't magically yeah, become yeah. not insulting because yeah. Yeah, re repeating, repeating this action and mm. and expecting different uh, reaction from us is mm. is the stupid thing. It's not. I'm not talking yeah. about how it's perceived uh, in your part of the world. And you, you Patrick, actually, uh, like I follow you on Twitter. And you retweeted that cartoon when it came out, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I saw it. Okay, it was at the top of my uh, like immediately after you retweeted it, and I, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I tried my best to like to find a way to 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 delete it to make it go away, and there, I couldn't find it. So I I, I unfollowed you for a whole day until mm -hmm. it went away, and then I refollowed you again. Mm -hmm. So. Do, do, do you do? Can you imagine like the, how 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 I felt about it? The sentiment. Yeah. I didn't hate you for retweeting. I hated the cartoon itself. I didn't want to see it. Mm. Okay, you can retweet it. It's it's uh, you're free to do that. I'm, I'm not the boss of you or anything. But I don't <laughs> want to see it. Yeah. So I. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. I understand. Or actually, I am because I support you in Patreon. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. That's a, an excellent example of. Supporting someone even when they might do things you disagree with, but oh, uh, but exactly, exactly. And Matthias, you wanted to. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I Finish want... Mahmoud first and then Matthias. No, 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 you no had I'm a question. done. I'm done. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask Mahmoud, um, since you just said, well, I unfollowed Patrick just because I didn't want to see it. And after it was over, I just followed him. Then why do you think does everybody care what someone in a foreign country far, far away Uh, says about uh, my religion. I mean, it's not like uh, you have to read it every day in your newspaper. Well, no. Uh, well, actually, we have to read it every day because every time they publish it, our newspaper says they did. No, okay. no, they don't. They don't republish it or redistribute it in our part of the world. But every time there is a cartoon over there, uh, there's an article over here or a news uh, bulletin over here that says that they did it again. So. Yeah, and And why and do it's you think called, it yeah, is? It's, well, uh, faith and religion is something that is personal. Like, if something like this happened, everybody takes it as a personal issue. It's not as, yeah. a, as, as a wider issue that maybe I care about or I don't care about. Because, because religion in itself, in its nature, is a very personal thing. So if, if somebody says something bad about my religion, I will take it personally. Because it's my religion. My individual religion. You know, I don't care about the whole Muslim community. If the whole Muslim community said, okay, it's fine, okay, uh, I, I might as an individual say it's not because it's, a, it's, it's something mm. that's personal to me. You know? And I think that's, but that, yeah. But, but the argument is, is it's, it's, it's not that I hate you because you did it. I hate the thing that, the thing that you did in itself for, for what it is, but I don't hate you like Patrick for, for retweeting it. That's, because I, that's I know that you come No, because I know you come from a different, a very different background, and mm. you're not a religious person, yeah. and uh, you don't, for per se, hate Islam or hate Christianity or hate uh, Judaism. You, you, you are indifferent to them in in some in some. I wouldn't manner. even say I'm indifferent, but um, uh, yeah, but it, do, yeah. it doesn't play a role in your life. Like it, it, it doesn't yeah. affect you in your personal daily life that you would. Uh, every day be ins uh, coming mm. out with something new to say about this religion or that religion and sure. how this is bad and that is bad. That's 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 mm. the basic reason. But see, how, so again, taking a step uh, a sl step back a little bit um, and and trying to look at the uh, at the culture in which you're you're you know you've you've grown up and that you're living in, Mahmoud. Mm. Can you if I the way I see it when you say yeah but you know religion is personally very important to me so this you know this religion is really important to me I think we touched on this earlier but um if the the we have to take into account the personal uh, uh effects on every person on the planet because obviously we, we if we go down that route we wouldn't uh just stop at the you know Uh, uh, Islam or even Christianity or uh, uh, Judaism or religions in general you know you would go to all the religion you you would have to go to Hinduism Buddhi Buddhism and all of that but also uh, different communities maybe the African Americans we we should worry about what everyone thinks in that community maybe we should think about uh, the you know the 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 Chinese and the Japanese and everyone well and if yeah, so but, yeah that's but, my but question you, but But from our point of, of from our point of view, that you do care about, like first in the uh. states, what what is said about African American is is very carefully chosen, not not to be insulting or racist. Mm. What what you what you guys in the West choose to say or draw or criticize, uh, let's say Zionism, for example, Judaism or Israel, 
it's uh, it's very selective not to insult not to be anti-semitic to, li- to be labeled anti-semitic but uh, you take this is how, so how, we pick and how the region yeah hmm. well, exactly this is how the region here views what you guys do in the hmm. west that you it's, pick and choose yeah. when it comes to us so and uh, for for a personal issue if it's personal to 1.2 billion people hmm. This is an issue personal for at least a billion people. Let's say yeah. 200 million don't care. But at least it, it becomes, uh, yeah, th- this number is not to be laughed at. It's not to be ignored and sure. say, no, it's, it's, it's personal. It's, yeah. I, can, uh, I have freedom to say it. I don't care if it's just personal for you or that or that. Mm. No? It's yeah. I mean, there are there are groups that are even bigger than that one point yeah. two billion. But uh, it's yeah. I think it's um, it's very ironic again that uh, Charlie Hebdo was the one paper that did not care about you know <laughs> any of the picking and choosing that you're very I think rightfully pointing to because we do have for that you know hate speech rules which by the way more and more do, do include. Um, uh, not more and more the the anti-racism movement in in france has been very much alive and very much focused on french muslims for a long time and in general charlie hebdo is the one movement that does not care about the one sorry publication that does not yeah. care about any of it so they, they yeah, really are yeah. but yeah I, i i understand how it would be perceived differently uh, for sure and there is I, i see how there would be a double standard for some other um elements So yeah, but but this... again, again, um, uh, excuse me. It's just uh, like the majority of people, they, yeah, let's say ninety-nine point nine 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 whatever percent, they don't agree that the killing people or physical attacks or terrorist attacks is the right response. Yeah, everybody here condemns it. Everybody calls them terrorists and killers, and mm-hmm. and don't care about what they claim to be Muslim or not. Now this is these are the action of sick people. Uh, Who 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 choose the the way of violence because they don't they don't have the 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 either the intellectual ability or the actual cultural ability to to respond in 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 in, in, a, in a way that is appropriate civilized, to such yeah. in a civilized way hmm. and uh, uh, but when when it comes to uh, these events and you say that slowly that you guys in France or or the West are including like uh, being uh, Uh, anti-Islam in the hate speech, let's say laws or regulation or general uh, perception of what hate speech is. Over here, people see it, especially those guys who tend to be more extreme, that uh, it takes something like this in France or something like uh, 9-11 or something, whatever, bombing of the London tubes to, to make you think think about Islam and to make you mm. rethink what you uh, include in, in, in your anti-racist and, and, yeah. and hate speech uh, rules and, and let's say laws. Uh, and and they, they argue that you, you guys don't listen, don't, don't see us unless we do something like this. Mm. Well, and they, they are a very small minority, they are the extreme minority. Uh, but, but again, It, it sometimes it sounds logical that you guys in the West, and I'm not talking about you guys, it's the West in general, that you don't take notice unless somebody makes a bang, for a lack of a, a better word. And not, <laughs> I, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, no, not no, that, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, maybe I gave the wrong impression. It's been, a, you know, a long time, I would say, There was a movement, a very strong movement, uh, Touche pas mon pote, which is, can be translated as don't touch my mate, 
don't touch my friend um, in the 80s that was very strong and that was coming in in defense of the uh, northern African communities immigrated from the 50s and fighting racism uh, in all its forms and more specifically you know for for the Maghreb uh, Maghreb immigrants from the Maghreb yeah. um, in France and and that was that has been happening for a long time but uh, yeah I, I see your point um, And like when, when this when this kind of thing happens, the the, the most uh, issues that get highlighted over here about what is happening to 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 Muslims in uh, in France or in Germany, is mostly the the negative, the the attacks on the mosques, the harassment of Muslims, uh, the socio-economic uh, let's say uh, conditions that these guys, these two guys or three guys came from. How did they become this this extreme? Because mm. they were not included in the French society; they were uh, shunned aside. They lived in in uh, in a very let's say poor environment. Uh, just because they are Muslim, or just because they are of uh, 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 from Maghreb or North African descent, they mm. don't actually call themselves Arab, so I can't call them that. Uh, this is what gets reported over here. This is the big issue over here. Yeah. It's not. It's not the extremes uh, uh, that anything is wrong with Islam that leads these people to be extremists. It's the condition they came from, which uh, gives them a different interpretation of the whole world they live in, not just Islam. And it's. And I think in France that both play uh, an equal role. There are a lot of questions asked about uh, Islam and their quote unquote Islam uh, because I don't think many people still view uh, maybe i'm i'm over interpreting but certainly no, I don't that's, think so. that's that's one of the questions and the other is the socioeconomic issues that are very difficult to solve that we've been aware of for a very long time uh but they're certainly also uh put in 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 the mix of the discussions it's not like we're turning a blind eye to to all of that i think in most western countries both play a role Um, Matthias, I, I interrupted you, sorry. I was just saying, I don't think you inter over-interpreted, but uh, mm. I'm not sure how it is in France, but what do people on the street know about Islam? I guess in Germany, not very much. And all you read, or most of it you read, is when uh, after uh, the attacks um, and after the publication uh, of the uh, Charlie Hebdo uh, edition there were reports of those violent protests in i guess where was it niger or niger or something uh where uh, nigeria. they burned down uh, nigeria was it i, I, I can't remember sure. but yeah yeah but uh, where they burned down the uh, french cultural center mm. or something that's what you read in the news and that's all you get to know about islam quote unquote uh, from our perspective I don't know if so, many people over here ever visited a mosque, ever talked to a Muslim, uh, ever know, get to know the religion, the beliefs, the traditions, everything. So it's uh, also hard to understand why someone is offended by something like a, a cartoon if you don't uh, know them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can't actually fight it if you w really want to fight these extreme uh, extremists and and their and their let's say twisted belief of Islam. You have to know what actually Islam says in order to 
to to to make sure that this message that is what is the peaceful Islam, what Islam actually says about how to handle such a situation, that you make sure that message gets to these French citizens or German citizens. You don't yeah. leave them uh, for ISIS to teach them what is what is Islam. You know, because uh, 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 people who most people who know what Islam says about how to react to somebody insulting the Prophet is to actually see what the Prophet himself did when he was insulted. The Prophet was not just verbally assaulted, he was physically assaulted, he was spat on, trash thrown at him, uh, stones thrown at him by, by the non, let's say, non-believers, uh, which, which were his own people and other people as well. And he never, never responded in any verbal abuse or uh, physical abuse and there is a story actually that pe- these people should 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 know uh, if they call themselves muslims that in, in a such in one incident that a city called taif in, in saudi arabia he went there to preach and he came back with stones thrown at him call, he call, got called names he, his hands and his uh, his feet were bloody from all the stones that were thrown at him and he was sitting alone okay uh, uh, just sad about what happened and the story goes that God sent him the, the angel Gabriel and angel Gabriel told him I have permission from God to do whatever you want with these people if you want I can like flip the, the ground or I, I can kill them all for you and he said no uh, they are not Muslim now but maybe one one day <clears throat> sorry uh, one man of them will be a good Muslim Th- this is the prophet how he handles uh, his uh, his abusers, let's say. So we cannot claim to be better than him, that we know more than him. If this message gets to these Muslims in, in France and in Germany and in, in Europe, that this is what Islam is, they wouldn't be these extreme, I think. Mm. Sorry if I talk too long. No, no, no. It's, I think, you know, usually we don't hear enough from uh, people on the other side of the debate. And I think it's important that um, that we do so. That, that's why you're here. So thank you for, for speaking. I think it's great to hear an Islamic parable as as someone who is raised Catholic and heard uh, Catholic parables every week. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's great to hear the sort of and the continuity of of content and ideas and themes as well. But yeah, do I you think, oh, go ahead, Matthias. Uh, but do you think there is a, a solution for this conflict of interest between freedom of speech and religious freedom? I mean, um, to play devil's advocate here, Mahmoud, you said you need to understand we are offended if you uh, draw those cartoons. So don't draw those cartoons. That's if I understood you correct. Well, that's yeah. Look, uh, it's uh, it's one thing for me to be offended half half of, half uh, half the way across the world, and for a German Muslim to be offended. He's there. If he's the crazy type, he will do something. This is what you need to worry about. You don't need to worry about uh, me uh, in the Middle East. You know? No, no, no. You I'm, not, worry. I'm yeah. not worried about you in a sense that I f- feel my secur- security threatened yeah. or anything. But it's <laughs> well, like, you never know. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. If if Mahmoud visits here, uh, just tell me in advance. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, this is, it's not what I'm saying, but it's... Uh, no, obviously, uh, just, just joking. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, they, I'm, I'm uh, just saying, if, um, if, is there yeah. a middle ground? So uh, do you see a middle ground between um, the uh, Western freedom of speech where you are allowed to, quote-unquote, insult a religion and <laughs> <laughs> your um, perception? Like, is there a point where you can say, well, 
I could accept this degree of insulting or something. I don't know how to <laughs> how to put it into I, yeah, words. No. I mean, just well, the middle ground between those extremes. Let Let me tell you something. I I watch a lot of of uh, Western media. Let's say and uh, uh, let's say mostly American. And although I have stopped recently, uh, American media is 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 very liberal with its. Uh, Uh, what they present about, like let's say Jesus, Mo they mostly uh, misrepresent Jesus or insult Jesus in 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 every way they can. Uh, I do find that off offensive, okay, but I can't live with it, you know, because it's them. Like when Belmar says something stupid about Jesus or about Muhammad, or it, he's an idiot. I don't care, you know. That's it. Uh, 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 Belmar should worry, or the American people should should be worried about how is that insult perceived by the Muslims in America. Uh, if something that, uh, if they consider them to be American, or if uh, the French consider the Muslims uh, French to be French, the, uh, what they should worry is about these citizens. They're, the, uh, they're brothers in this uh, country, let's say. Uh, if, uh, if this uh, citizen of France or United States uh, doesn't agree or find this insulting, okay, uh, it becomes an internal issue. You need to worry about it internally. And uh, there's and uh, I think what, that, five, yeah. five million Muslims in France, Patrick? Five million? Five million? Something like that, probably. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, where I come from, uh, was until recently, which is a kingdom, a whole country, is, is less than that. So you have a big Muslim country within your country, let's say. And a I population think that, of, yeah. And you need, to, you need to take their, their, their culture and their, their, let's say, feelings into consideration. And Uh, either you do that or you find a way to, to, to make them assimilate. They become really, really French. And when they understand that this guy, who is not a Muslim, ha uh, says that thing, okay, he can say it. I can live with it. If that, that doesn't was, happen... Randy? That was going to be my response to uh, you know, their, the risk in the United States. Uh, of insulting uh, American Muslims, uh, the the risk is is lessened because there is an integrating society so much uh, by comparison with other parts of the world, where uh, you're able to uh, you're able to find a middle ground because everything is middle ground, and exactly. it would really surprise me. I, I, it wouldn't be impossible, but it would really surprise me if a group of Muslim Americans decided to go attack uh, the Onion. That would really <laughs> that would surprise me because they are you know living in the United States now. Remember, 9/11 was perpetrated by people who were living in the United States. They went to Las Vegas right before uh, you know yeah. destroying part of New York City. So it's not like there's some magic effect that is going to turn you into a good citizen in the United States. But there is a moderating effect uh, in countries where integration, uh, where people become more like each other, uh, is, is more possible. Yeah. I, so you're yeah, not I having any Americans, uh, you're not having any young Americans going over to join ISIS? Oh no! There are absolutely young Americans going going over to join ISIS. It has been a, a scourge, and it's a it's a, a difficult thing for this country because, uh, of so course, they they instantly the get they they instantly get captured, and they want to go home to Minnesota. And then what do you do? <laughs> um, but so yeah, I okay. I think it we we should probably start wrapping things up. Um, 
I just want to say one thing. Um, a lot of a lot of people look at these situations and try to find an explanation and a cause for the 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 these people slipping into the extreme and i've come to the conclusion that it's very easy to look at the extreme itself and say that's the cause uh be it social you know be it religion or be it um social inequality or all of that and i think that there are always going to be of course it's there are always going to be individuals that are troubled ostracized uh feel outside of society maybe uneducated and that cling to some strong ideology to feel like they matter um of course it's it's there are some societies and some situations that make that a, a, a more likely outcome. Um, certainly social inequality doesn't help. But if there hadn't been uh, uh, the, the, the quote-unquote excuse of um, uh, uh, extremist uh, Islam, I'm sure there would have been something else. And certainly in the past, we've seen... It's not like, you know, at some point there was no terrorism or no i mean in even in our recent history you had uh, anarchist anarchist groups or you know extreme communists or whatever that would go and bomb things and i think that those people who are ostracized and who want to feel like they matter will cling to a strong you know something that will convince them and and maybe even people preying on a weak mind to 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 fill their heads with that and they will go out and do those things um and i'm being a, I, i don't know if i'm being very clear but maybe i'm being a little bit cryptic but it's because i don't want to be specific uh it's not like if it if it was basically if it wasn't islam it could have been something else um if it wasn't that kind of terrorism it could have been another kind so I don't know that. I think the the thing that really matters ultimately is, first of all, what Matthias was saying. We we need to talk to one another and sort of understand in a way that the media does a really bad job, most a, a lot of the time, understand the people that are in front of us. Because if we never speak, we'll never manage to to agree with one another. Maybe if we speak, we won't manage to under, to agree with one another. But if we don't certainly we won't uh and the other thing is um as mahmoud was saying uh the act of going and and you know doing that is something that the entire world condemns um no well i don't think anyone in their right mind is sitting down and saying yeah well well done and those who are you know if you say that on twitter Um, I think there's another conversation to be had there. Um, so, yeah, there isn't a clean conclusion, but um, 
that's how I feel about the whole situation and sad and, and fearful of what's going to happen because fearful because we sort of it took us 10 years over 10 years to to get over the the 9-11 hangover of fear and when I say terrorism if if we change the way we live then they win I think the Snowden leaks have demonstrated that we did change the way we live in a in an unexpected and frightening manner and those this attack came right at the time when we were getting out of it and we're seeing exactly the kind of things we were criticizing um a few you know a few months ago coming back at the forefront of our discussions as anti-terrorism measures um so yeah that's depressing the, the um, depressing thing for me has been the realization once again that no matter how much we say the response to free speech is more speech the response to speech we don't like is more speech the way to affect change regarding speech is speech uh it that gets that gets really frustrating when you realize that the reality is there's guy number one speaking something we don't like, guy number two trying to respond to that using only speech, but guy number two is afraid of guy number three because he knows that guy number three is willing to do more than speak. He knows that guy number three is willing to punch him, is willing to kill him. And the interactions between guy number one and guy number two don't ever seem to solve the problem of guy number three. It's it, it's almost a this this the human condition, you know, globally. Yeah. I think I think the 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 way to solve this, if if there is one, is that guy number three became that guy number three for a set of reasons. Uh, so you're not going to solve specifically guy number three's issues, but you might prevent the creation of another guy number three if you if guy number one and two speak enough that, you know, their children can coexist. Um, and we're getting too far into the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there were other topics we wanted to address. Um, it's getting really late for Kerwin. Um, and we're already two hours into the conversation. Um, is there anything anyone wants to say to, to, you know, another topic or something else or conclusion on this topic uh, before we, we conclude the show? No, everyone's well, tired. Guess, well, <laughs> All right, Kerwin and then Mahmoud. Okay, well, uh, I'll say thank you to Mahmoud because I think that uh, it's you've taught me a lot, given me a lot to think about. Um, I think it's interesting, this emo the emotional dimension. I think that when we discuss these things as Westerners, we discuss them uh, in very sort of... Uh, Cartesian, rational, logical lines, and um, religion is not simply a belief system. It's also a very heartfelt. Um, it's something that, that that people are wedded to with their hearts, not just their heads. And I think that the way that uh, Western societies tend to conduct religion is um, quite half-hearted now and which is one of the reasons why we have trouble grappling with communities of people who 
believe much more fervently and passionately in in their religious beliefs and ideals and things like that. And um, I think that's part of a part of a not a battle, but um, a debate a and a struggle. discussion that we need to. Yes, a struggle that 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 goes on between um, what I would say secularist societies and um, religious or more theocratic societies is uh, how much we are willing to give and to trust um, people's religious beliefs and how much we want as a society to... um, subordinate them to secular mores. Yeah, that's a... I'll, I'll leave it there because I would have a lot to say. Um, Mahmoud, you wanted to say something as well? Uh, yeah, just like to summarize what I was trying to say at the end, that uh, uh, for, for, for a country like France, where you have a large uh, Muslim population, population that you consider to be French and not outsiders uh, you need to work internally with them to not to, to, to come to a common ground to to a, to a middle place where they feel comfortable as and they feel French and not outsiders because if they feel like outsiders the problem will never go away inside your country uh, outside you shouldn't pay more at, uh, any attention to it unless you focus inside your country first this is what I was trying to say that you need to to, to, to assimilate and come to a common ground with your own Muslim citizens. Um, and I think there's that's been, where we're yeah. Right, yeah. And, and th- that's, I think that's what I was uh, trying to say as well earlier it, with the representation, representation issue. Um, the, the, you know, in the UK, I think anytime I see a movie or a TV show or anything, you do see, you know, English people who are of a different color, a different religion, yes. or, yeah. and I don't see that in France. And that, well, um, that's unfair. The, I, I see it a little bit, but I think that's one of the, the symptoms of that issue, and it is an issue that we need to solve for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Randy, Matthias, you're good? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is going to be it for our show. I suspected we, we talked about Charlie Hebdo quite a bit. Uh, we didn't get to other topics such as uh, the death of King Abdullah, for example, um, or uh, the Boko Haram massacre or others that, that you guys wanted to discuss. Um, but, you know, it was an important topic. And I, I think what we did uh, come out with was uh, is valuable. So hopefully you, dear listener, feel that way as well. Um, before we leave, I'm going to give each one of you guys a chance to tell us where we can uh, find you on the internet if that's something you you wish to uh, uh, let us know randy where are you twitter.com slash randy deluxe the the one and the only the only that's correct if anybody else ever chooses to call themselves randy deluxe we'll have to have words (laughs) but you know just not violence just words exactly (laughs) kerwin You can find me and my team at globalurbanist.com or Twitter slash globalurbanist or Facebook. Uh, and myself is Kerwin Datu. 
So what's Global Urbanist very quickly? The Global Urbanist is a blog about uh, cities across the world, mostly in the developing world and the development and planning challenges they face. Nerd. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias, uh, do you have any uh, public activity on, on the web? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matzekult for all our English-speaking citizens who don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's just uh, M-A-T-Z-E-K-U-L-T, or you can find me on Google Plus, Matthias Keller. All right, excellent. Matzekult. So the cult of... Uh, it's a long story of how right. I got the nickname <laughs> in school, and I stuck with it. All right. Um, Mahmoud. Uh, well, I'm I'm not doing anything that people should follow, <laughs> but right. I am. If you if you want to reach me, I'm on Twitter at uh, Sanzu83, which is S N Z O eight three. S N Z O or S U N. Oh yeah, sorry. Now S U N Z O eight three. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, S-U-N-Z-O-8-3. Um, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter. Um, you can also uh, find the show at frenchspin.com. You can find an, uh, uh, other things there as well. Uh, and if you want to support the show, if you want to, uh, you know, if you think that uh, talking and uh, getting different perspectives and, and this kind of conversation, you know, it might be a little bit, a little bit boring, maybe more boring than than an action movie, uh, but I think it's also important for the world. Um, well, you can support this show. You can do that. Uh, at, there's a link at frenchspin.com, but it's patreon.com slash, is it the Phileas Club or Phileas Club? I don't even know. Um, slash... Phileas Club. Um, and you can support the show. There are uh, a, a few people already supporting it there. Wait, no, it's not Phileas Club. It's the Phileas Club. I don't know. You'll find the link. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and there are a number or of Google people... Or Google will find it for you. Or, yeah, <laughs> hopefully... Um, but uh, yeah, there are a number of people supporting it already, and it's it's a really a show that I think is is uh, well important in its way, in its tiny way. Uh, so if you wish to see it keep in going, then uh, go ahead, and you can also, with your uh, generous contribution, get uh, the official. Uh, there are a number of official titles that you can use in your email sig signatures that are incredibly important. Things like. Uh, uh, distinguished gentleman or dis distinguished lady which i i think that can change lives i i honestly think so no i don't all right uh that's going to be it for us this time uh we might see i'm i'm not going to say anything for the next shows but i'm hoping to do things with stuff and we'll see what happens we'll be back no matter what happens in about a month for our next episode thank you so much for listening thank you so much to my four co-hosts who have been here on this episode and we'll see you next time bye